0: Welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition European Tour. I'm here in London again, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Ahmed El-Shakesi. Welcome, Ahmed. Thank you, Jay. Glad Looking forward to, be here. to chatting today. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Oh, sorry. And my co-host, James Woodley. Never to be forgotten. Let's never Hello. forget the co-host. Our location host for this episode is Digital Directories within WeWork in Hoban. Digital Directories is a legal tech startup which provides a platform for people to make informed decisions about legal issues and contact legal experts. Originally founded in Paris in 2015, the French site has over 3,500 lawyers. And due to its success, a sister site in Belgium was launched in 2018, followed by Italy and the UK in 2019. Now this tour and every single episode is dedicated to raising awareness for the bushfire affected communities and wildlife of Australia. If you enjoy this episode or any episode of the Product Coalition European Tour, please consider supporting the bushfire communities and wildlife of Australia. You can do that by heading to bushfire.productcoalition.com. In return, I'm going to give you 50 product leader podcasts from across five cities in Europe to gain insights, knowledge, and experience to share with you the Product Coalition global community. If you've just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. We're a product community with over 500,000 readers, 6,000 Slack members, and thousands of podcast listeners. Now, before we get stuck in, I must give a huge thanks to the following brands and people that have been major donors to the tour fundraiser at bushfire.productcoalition.com. First up is UserPilot. UserPilot is a code-free user onboarding and adoption tool designed especially for product management teams. UserPilot helps to increase conversion, user retention rates, and reduce churn by guiding new users to their first aha moment with interactive walkthroughs, contextual product tours, and onboarding checklists. It allows product managers to build fully customizable, behaviour-triggered in-app experiences with a simple visual editor. Go to userpilot.com to grab a demo and a trial. The intentional product manager run by Showbit Chug a Google product manager. He helps product managers become product leaders and have careers they can be proud of. Go to www.intentionalproductmanager.com and sign up for Showbit's free class on the habits that turn product managers into exceptional product leaders and help them move through their careers fast. Convincing users to adopt new features is hard. When you're only communicating with them via email and blog posts, it's even harder to get traction. Product-led teams like Mixpanel and Flexport know that the best time and place to capture engagement is when a user is already inside the product. That's why they use Chameleon to drive feature adoption, build onboarding flows, and gather user feedback. This is all possible without code, so engineers can focus on developing what customers really need next. Try Chameleon's product success platform at trychameleon.com slash success. Two other individuals that I'd like to thank are Rich Miranov and Chris Miles. Ahmed. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Looking forward to getting stuck in. So today we're going to be talking about breaking or transitioning into product management. Yep. But before we do that, we've got the icebreaker. So in Melbourne, we had a locals guide to Melbourne, stepped it up a bit in Sydney with a pub quiz. For London, I've gone with, was it invented in London or not? So I'm going to throw some products at you (laughs) and you're going to guess whether you think they reinvented in London or not. So tell you what, James, do you want to roll off with the first one? Yeah, okay. So the first
1: one is the pop-up restaurant. Not in London. Not in London. What made you say that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Just rolling with it? So it actually was. Yeah, it was. So in 1827, Isambard Kingdom Brunel created the first underground dining experience in a tunnel beneath the Thames. Last month, the Brunel Museum, located above that, uh, recreated it as a super club event. Candle- supper, supper club. Supper club. All right, I'll, I'll learn to read at one point. Candlelight and the Coldstream Guards Regimental Band accompanied the original meal as 50 guests clink crystal glasses. I are. think that's
0: amazing. Yeah. Maybe 200 years of pop-up restaurants. Okay, next one for you, Ahmed, is the mini skirt.
2: The miniskirt.
0: Mini skirt. Just this little skirt uh, okay. girls wear. Uh, Women wear, I should say. Maybe girls. I don't think that's in London, no. No? No. Where do you think that was in there?
2: That's a tricky one. No, I'm not sure where, not but, sure? but I don't think no, I, would, yeah. I don't think it's in London. Okay. Paris catwalk yeah, or something Yeah, I was, like think, that. I was like thinking a, the French, yeah. fashion powerhouse. Yeah, 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 I was thinking the French, yeah.
0: No, that's also London as well, the miniskirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> With the description from my trusty source, the internet, um, says, Thankfully, most iconic symbols of the 1960s have been largely forgotten. Tie-dye, Matthias Rosé and Herman's Hermits. But one endures the knee-bearing miniskirt that was brought to public attention in 1964 by a designer, Mary Quant, at her King's Road boutique bazaar. And that's obviously raised a lot of eyebrows.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. There we go. Controversial. So,
0: two interesting product concepts that stuck the test of time. Okay, Ahmed, breaking into or transitioning into product management, we're going to get into. Do you mind just introducing yourself a little bit and your sort of product or career journey so far?
2: Sure. So my background started around 10 years ago in software engineering. So I was studied and graduated back in Egypt, 2012 worked in a couple of startups in, in different areas, e-commerce, education, and others between Egypt and basically MENA. And then basically I moved to London to join a fintech company here as their first employee. Um, within three years, the company have grown massively, uh, transitioned into product management, and then joined an accelerator program, and then basically started Knowledge Officer about two and a half years ago.
0: Fantastic. And Knowledge Officer, could you tell us about that story and where it's come from, what it's about, what sure, it's, here I mean, to serve. the,
2: the word actually knowledge officer started from the fact that I've seen myself playing the role of a knowledge officer within companies before that I joined. I was always interested in learning, uh, education, helping others like transfer a learning and knowledge within an organization. And I've seen that basically the proceeds upon which this was done was very unscalable and very immature. So I wanted to design a better way for people to learn uh, with a career goal in mind. So the vision behind Knowledge Officer is actually helping people find the shortest path to employment and career progression and helping companies stay competitive and and grow and retain a competitive workforce. So we help them with sort of like a data-driven learning. So we tell them data from the market and from their competitors about what skills they should focus on as a company and as an organization. And we give them a way through personalized learning to bridge those skills gap.
0: Nice, nice. So it's means like a digital help sort of career guide for those yes. wanting to... Rapidly or quickly experiment on new career paths.
2: In some way or another, like we want to replicate what Google Maps have done in transportation where basically anyone can move from point A to point E in a very, very easy way and get the shortest path. And these passes keep being optimized over millions of like basically commuters every day. So we wanted to keep optimizing our learning passes so that everyone would basically benefit not only from his experience, but from other experience of similar people of similar career goals and, and backgrounds.
0: And can you share your own sort of transition experience? going from engineering into product. And what would Knowledge Officer bring now that you didn't have back then?
2: I mean, it was a bit unstructured, I would say. Like there wasn't a clear path of actually like how to get basically into product management. I mean, this is one of the tricky careers that basically there is no sort of like formal education around and like people have different ways of getting into it. Especially that basically there are many paths that could lead into a product manager. Like a project manager can transform into product managers. Software engineer can get into product management. Even subject domain experts in certain industry can be the best product managers. So for me, it was like a bunch of like reading and learnings over a year. Every day I went into like the famous publication that produced like quality material on product managers. Uh, I had like some mentors, like didn't have a lot, which is something that we are trying to fix now as knowledge officer. I had some mentors who coached me on how they got into this. I've actually tried it myself as well, given that I was usually the, the first sort of like engineer or among the first few engineers in a startup. So at this level, you get to learn a lot about like staying close to the customers, knowing why you are doing this, doing even a piece of market research here and there. Going into this experimentation mode as a software engineer was very, very helpful, given that I wasn't that typical software engineer who just like basically develop tasks and, and write code. I was very close to the founders, very close to the decision-making process. So I've learned a lot, even on the business side, while working as a software engineer. So this helped me a lot, but I was doing it as a self-learning and in a great way. So now with like our training, we are trying to help people actually get coached by senior mentors. We are delighted to be surrounded by like basically mentors from Apple, TransferWise, Google, Facebook, Amazon, you just name it like Loads of senior and heads of products who are there to help people do the transition. They have suffered themselves. They have known the pain. And now they want to help people actually get into these paths or these jobs in a, in a much easier way. Awesome. Do, you, do you find that coming from an engineering background, in, has that kind of helped you in the
1: product management? Because you're, now you're very close to the customer by being in the, in the product side, but you're also close to the development of the product as well. So has that helped you know, give you that rounded picture
2: to a great extent yeah i mean the technology background definitely is useful it depends as well on like the company and the domain that you are working on even within facebook and google they have different perspective about product management and they have different product culture you see a lot of actually facebook product managers coming from business and marketing background where while you see like google actually transition software engineers more into product management and product owner roles so for me definitely the technology had a background and software engineering helped me a lot it also helps like, facilitate an easier communication with engineers. You know the language, they trust you. You can be a good bridge between sales and engineering. Yeah. So definitely, it, it's a big plus for sure. I mean, I would say any product manager needs to have a basic understanding of technology and engineering. It doesn't have to be a software engineer before, but it definitely helps. And it was a plus during my days at Onfido, the, the company which I joined, given that our domain was pretty much about like machine learning okay. and identity verification. It was a very hardcore problem. So I was able to communicate with partners in a much more confident way than someone who doesn't know anything about how these things are being developed. Yeah,
0: Cool. Well, ask James, have you ever been tempted to switch from this engineering, <laughs> engineering career? Now no oh, and again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah?
2: yeah. My mindset
1: fits strongly in the engineering, but I do enjoy right. getting involved with the product and, and helping with product direction. Right. right. But I don't have the... Uh, acumen for like strategic thinking and that kind of thing <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm happy to give that to the experts
0: um, and and have you had engineers that, that have shown yeah, def- expressed interest in making this same switch as Ahmed
1: definitely yeah we've had a few that you know have been perfectly competent engineers but they really have that kind of maybe more business analyst mm-hmm. mindset, mindset thinking right, outside right, the okay. box you know when they're developing a feature they come and go wouldn't it be better if we did right, added right, okay. an embellishment to it or something like that so yeah right, definitely right. there are definitely people out there that Straddle both worlds, yeah. All
0: right, okay. Mm-hmm. And any like, some of the pain points on making that switch? Is there anything? Is it about just being brave or planning? I think, for a role I, yeah, I think so. Skills
1: I've only ever seen it from an internal perspective. You know, I've never had an engineer kind of leave to go and be a product manager, but I've always tried to move within the business into the product side. And you know, sometimes it's oh, they're going to do less coding. You know, take on some less stories or something, mm-hmm. and then start getting in front of the process and start creating those mm-hmm. stories. And then, you know, over time, it's kind of the weighting goes from high code to high product.
0: So I think this is all about product as a mindset, product management Mm. as a mindset, even when you're considering making this transition into product management. We often hear about product led organizations now. Are you seeing stronger desire for people to get into product management, not to necessarily take a career in product, but? To change their mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have much? seen these right. use
2: cases even through our, our training at Knowledge So I've seen like software engineers who want to be basically who want to have this product mindset, if you might say, or like founders who want to have this knowledge to be able to hire better product managers and basically have this culture within their organization. So yeah, that's definitely a case. And like having this sort of like transition, I can see the value of like having software engineers with product minds. It helps you a lot actually like questioning why you are doing this And whether this is a big problem or not, reasoning about like problems, thinking about problems more than solutions, even asking like many whys before you get into writing your first piece of code and like trying to get to the right way of doing it. I would rather having like a a basic foundation layer of, of product managers learning for every organization for their software engineers. And within like the previous organization I joined as a product manager, I tried to actually like sort of like empower my software engineering team with this knowledge so that they know a bit about like what product managers do, how some of the things that they do can be helpful for their um, software engineering processes, given that there is a huge intersections between both worlds, I would say.
0: I can imagine when there's that shared mindset you're creating in a common culture because because there's some similarity in the mindset.
1: I wonder if there's a correlation between founders of startups that have that product mindset and then success mm. of those startups
2: yeah, yeah definitely i would say like there are definitely huge success stories of product-led organization there are definitely also like cases where sales-led organizations might be the best case and this is basically their industry sure. but yeah you would see like product innovation coming from people with like design background product background and definitely some software engineering background as well
0: uh, knowledge officer i understand you have a job guarantee yep product manager training could you tell us a bit about what that is and how that works? How so we, when change? we
2: started like thinking about like training people for career goals, as an example, product management, we wanted to make sure that our values as an organization is aligned with the basically what our users and customers are looking for and that we are pushing ourselves more towards actually what can deliver the true value of what people are using our services for. We have also seen like education and learning with non-material return people basically drop from the learning journey because they don't know whether they are getting value out of it. And for us, we try to define like sort of like a quantifiable measure of success And for us, basically, given that we are all about career-oriented learning, we thought, okay, like getting someone to a job, if he's looking into transition product management might be the best, basically sort of like goal. And it will help us actually identify whether we have really perfected the learning experience or not. So yeah, I mean, we, we take people into a journey where they go have access to our learning material and assignments and case studies. They have mentor calls with our mentors. They coach them on how to prepare for such transitions. They ask, basically, they answer their questions. They review their assignments. And like as they graduate, we match them with companies in our network. We have seen like a big gap in actually product management recruitment. Most companies don't know what they should hire for. And there isn't a a sort of like a continuous supply and flow of product managers, given that there is no school that graduates them. So we wanted to fill this gap and be this school that continuously and every month graduates high caliber product managers
0: fantastic I certainly hear a lot more value in that than just the is it MOOCs that they're called the multi yeah yeah
2: just yeah, yeah, online, online courses course. I mean we have seen we have tried actually like I mean we have done the the mistake of early startups of like trying to automate and scale everything so right. everyone should go online have an automated like way of getting into a course learning grading of assignments etc but like this mix of like human support mm. added to the course especially from the right people and the senior people I think it definitely helps a lot
0: fantastic I think um, that personal touch,
2: yes, exactly.
0: Sometimes, and sometimes you need that kick up the arse to know if you've got a call with someone about how you're progressing in your education or a mentor call yep. with, that, that it forces you to invest. Always, I find as humans happy to let ourselves down on our own commitments, but yes. holding ourselves accountable to someone else sort of pushes you yeah, forward. You
1: don't want to disappoint them on that call here, so you want to show no, progress no, but, each yeah. time. What sort of background of people go into the the graduate scheme? Uh, Is it it always engineers, designers, you know, people you kind of associate with products or do you get some diverse?
2: I would say mostly maybe like 50% from adjacent roles to product management, maybe product owners, maybe business analysts project managers, etc., And then others might be software engineers. And we have seen a lot of cases like that. And founders, actually, we we're surprised yeah. that, that many founders are, are actually getting value out of it and, and seeing this as a way of getting, of them like building better products for their organizations, or as I said, like hiring for product team or leading their product team. Yeah.
0: Do you see a difference in demand across cities or countries that, want, that have more desire? Or is it sort of pretty, based on city size and your market presence, is it pretty evenly spread?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a global growth in terms of demand of product managers across countries and cities. But like in our focus, we focus on London and then the UK right. in general. And we also like have some penetration in India. India is a huge market when it comes to technology. They have like huge growth in terms of their maturity as well about like building products, uh, huge success stories and unicorns coming from India mm-hmm. every year, if not like multiple yeah, times a year. Yeah, definitely. So definitely there is a huge demand with this huge like growth, hyper growth over their organization. It's typical to find many organizations in India with like 5,000 employees and they have like hundreds of product managers and software engineers. So definitely there is a great demand there. And London is like the hub of like or the Silicon Valley of Europe. Definitely there is, there is something there. There is definitely continuous demand of product managers.
0: Fantastic. What are some of the misconceptions for someone who comes in and starts studying or product mentor for the first time that catches them off guard that they weren't expecting either in a positive way or a negative way when people were coming into learn product management
2: i think one for sure is the being the ceo of the product i think this has two sides of it like in terms of ownership and influence that's yes but in terms of authority that's definitely a no Mm -hmm. so lots of people actually want to be product managers just to have a higher sense of authority a higher sense of like management over Mm -hmm. their organization which is typically wrong basically no one reports directly to product managers software engineers report to engineering managers design report to design managers so basically product managers just basically have this sense of high ownership and it has to be like self-led more than basically powered by like your manager most of the time you as a product manager define your roadmap design your day you design your week no one would tell you you need to reply to this email and then you need to build a product roadmap you need to think of a problem that might come in a couple of weeks or a couple of months so you need to do this on your own in most cases. So having basically, this is definitely one of, one of the misconceptions. I would say another misconception, maybe I've touched upon this a little bit, is the level of understanding of technology. I've seen people who, who believe that basically they need to be experts in machine learning or software engineering to be able to be product managers. That's definitely not the case. And actually, it's good to have this diverse background within product managers. So I like to have like product manager with pure business background. They see the world from a different lens and they add like a very good perspective to their, to their teams. Again, like with the minimum level of understanding of technology, but they don't have to have like this in-depth sort of like understanding. So these two might be the most common trends I've seen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you.
0: In terms of your experience of come working with product managers over the years, James, have, have you met people from different backgrounds and paths into
1: it? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some, as you say there, that have gone into it, you know, for the power trip yep. sort of thing. You know, they think they're in control and they can crack the whip and that kind of thing. I've seen others that just really love to, to get something tangible on a screen and show it off almost, you know. In terms of backgrounds, it's always, you know, these people have always come from a BA kind of background or, you know some sort of business technology background. It would be great to get some, some other backgrounds in there because I find sometimes, you know, you end up always a bit like an echo chamber. You're always hearing the same thing. So yeah, it'd be interesting to find some some diversity in that sense, yeah.
0: Go to designer. For those listening, I'm a designer originally. So um, I'm one of those few designers that got into product. That was my Path, but definitely had a passion for the technical side as well. But yeah, I was neither extremely good at design or extremely good at
2: engineering, and that's why I was (laughs) a product manager. How was your transition, if I might ask you?
0: So, my transition into product was I joined a travel startup and as leading design, and it was sort of front end design so as a web designer so designing and implementing it was a, this is pre sort of when ux was broken out as a separate yep, industry yep. and craft so it was all wrapped up and so it was that front end and design piece and i really enjoyed the questioning what are we doing and how's it adding value mm. and focusing on the prioritization of the work in a startup to make the most effective use of the time of the team with constraints so when you got hard constraints that forces some really smart decisions and if they're not smart you learn from them very fast and so for me it was then an an opportunity presented from the MD of that company Mm. to lead across the engineering function as and and this is different to our products typically structured now it was as a CPO if you'd give it a modern day label Uh, back then it was e-commerce manager it was engineering design and marketing so it was it was the same but different mm. in, in the sense that the leads reported into me almost like a CPO, but it was a startup, so you, the effectiveness of that at scale would be hard. I think the modern day equivalent would be more so where you see this CXO job title, and you get a product, a tech lead, and maybe a UX lead yeah. all reporting into a CXO, and that's, that's more of a broader executive role
1: mm, so um, experience officer is it yeah
0: yeah the x for experience mm. yeah so yeah so mine was yeah from design i always thought i was going to be a designer and i was never really that good at it but i enjoyed organizing the designers and getting things done in the right way at the right time and increasing efficiency of the process and those types of concepts mm. and that was my path and also developing things in a very lean way yeah, yeah. using paper prototypes and printouts and stuff yeah, like that. Simple thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was pre the Lean Startup book back in 2007. <laughs> so, Interesting. Uh, yeah, you're, but, you're claiming you invented Lean now, eh? no. no. <laughs> but what, what it goes to show is when you've got constraints, how that can drive innovation mm. and force you to yep, work in true. more mature 100%. ways as opposed to raising $10 million off the back of an idea doesn't necessarily force innovation yeah. out of the company or the enterprise.
2: yeah. When you get constrained, you are forced to actually to be lean. Like, uh, and but that's when the innovation actually comes in. Yeah.
0: And that constraints, I think, is often one of the those hard constraints that product managers have. In junior product managers and those moving into I you say that sense of authority they think they yep. they're going to get, but also a sense of freedom of use of resource. Um, so you get a engineers and you can do what you want with them is another misconception. Actually, there's much harder constraints around the ability to leverage the resources mm. you've got as a product manager.
1: I agree. I wonder if that then drives so much frustration in, you know, junior product managers or people early into the
2: process, puts them off almost because those misconceptions are so strongly held. It is. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first few few months or even like maybe one or two years as a product manager is very, very hard. I mean, you get, one, you get to learn a lot. And this is one of the careers where I, where I believe like continuous learning is a must. Like if you are a product manager and you just like, don't keep yourself updated, don't read like and get inspiration from other Mm. either like product managers or product-led organizations, you definitely won't won't succeed long. So having this, again, like it's all around self-commitment and being really focused on actually excelling in this career and helping your team and your organization. It's all about empowerment as well. Like how can you empower other members of your organization to help you do your job in a better way? Like if you want to be the master behind everything, you would definitely like not survive beyond like a few months. It's a lot. It's actually more than a full-time job. So you need to have like other people help you do it. Because it's after all, your goal is actually the success of your company, and it's more than one person who would basically lead the success. That's the
0: art of product management for me is the ability to powerfully influence right. the desire for and people create product leaders, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For those looking to take that first step, become a product manager, what's what's a good way of doing some self-assessment and assessing whether. This is a, a good career step for those thinking about it.
2: I think definitely um, like they would try to build a product in somehow like everyone within these like transitions that we have shared have the ability to create some sort of a product in some way. Whether you're a software engineer, you can create a piece of technology and whether you're a designer, you can create some mockups and interface and like something to test out and just like see how, how much you enjoy the process. Because you need to be passionate about the process, you need to enjoy the process, you need to be looking for the right outcomes. So this is one way of just, just testing your ability to basically lead a product from the early days and um, and see how it progresses and how it develops over time. And also it would force you to talk to users, talk to customers, have this sense of like very, very getting close to the to your users and getting direct feedback. Another is basically going into like, I would say like good product meetups and conferences where you would see like people of of like, my, people who have done the transition before. Mm-hmm. It's not hard, by the way, even to reach out to good product people out there. I was surprised by the amount of support we had from mentors when we started the program. And okay. um, like we were reaching out to people who have been in very, very big organization, like having... 10 years of experience in product management, and they were very, very helpful. They were very supportive. They wanted to help. Like, I'm sure if these people reach out to senior product managers or people who have been in the role before, they would walk them through what they have done, like what's their day to day job, like whether they would enjoy it or not. I mean, it's not a job for everyone, like any other career, basically. And it's also a mix of different things. It's like a mix of a bit of a product, a bit of a design, a bit of a technology, a bit of a business. So not everyone enjoy this mix. Some people would, would rather like be very, very deep in, in technology and software engineering. And that's where they want to spend 100% of their time, which is fine. So like, yeah, I mean, you need to assess many aspects of that. And there is a lot of it around like critical thinking and reasoning and logic as well. Um, are you a person who actually gets biased too much by other people's views or statements, or you really get into the depths of the problems and you ask many wise to really get into logical solutions and reasoning behind uh, behind these solutions. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely not an easy assessment, but for me, what works for me is I was patient. I took it like by time to learn about the basics of product management first to see how much I enjoy actually these topics, how much I would be actually enjoying my day to day. I started as a product owner, which is a transition between like being a full day, like product managers and like spending most a lot of the time actually like specking tickets and testing and doing QA on like technical solutions, working with engineers hand to hand. So taking a step by step transition is actually good. So being this product owner might be or associate product manager. For me, I started like spending maybe like 30% of my time doing product ownership. The company tested it out to see whether I would be basically successful as much as I was as a software engineer. So yeah, gradual steps is actually a very good tip as well.
0: What I hear there is adopt one of those true product management principles, treat it like a hypothesis. I believe yeah, yeah. product management may be for me and run some experiments and see if they prove true. Right,
1: that's true. Yeah, I think you make an important point there as well. It's very strong in the engineering world that you know it's not a competition. You know, everyone is happy to help you get into this game. You know, we want to share our knowledge, and it's it's interesting to hear that that's the same product management as well. Yeah. Like yeah. you were saying there, you know, people are willing to be mentors. So you know, people they should they learn. learned
2: actually. Like I was surprised. I mean, I, I know it for sure that. Part of actually coaching is actually learn from your mentees. Mm-hmm. But mentors have said that basically teaching something is get you to a mastery of actually about this topic. So if you teach someone like Agile or like Scrum or Kanban or how to build a product roadmap, you actually push yourself to the extreme of actually or the or the limit of actually knowing about this topic. So our mentors and coaches have been actually also learning through the process, and yeah, that's part of why they enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I could say firsthand as a mentor and a coach. That- product people that, yeah, there's something hygienic about constantly having to upskill yourself as you go through whatever problems they're facing and try and give them the best advice. It forces you almost to go back to school in some ways and think, right, let's remind myself about what the basics of this type of method or technique, Mm. etc.
1: It's the same for me. I really find it therapeutic to kind of, you know, spend an hour with a junior developer and, and go through some simple concepts but to them new concepts and it does reinforce it to you because you kind of think i knew this 20 years ago right let's work it out so that i can explain it makes you go over everything you give the right knowledge see them Mm. you know leap forward because of it and
0: we've all been in that position as well and i think maybe that touches on one of the things it certainly takes to be a product manager that almost i don't know if it can be taught or not but you need that ability to build empathy um, whether that's with your customers or as a mentor a more mature or progressed product manager and who wants to be a mentor it's it's about the empathy of feeling what they feel Mm. at this moment in time and and taking them one step forward in their career.
2: I mean I think like empathy is one of the underrated skills of of basically people working in in tech companies in general it's like as you said like empathy with your investors empathy with your Mm -hmm. co-founders like for me empathy with your teams like getting really to understand like why they are saying what they are saying, and not just like being in that attack or defensive mood. Yeah. Just getting to understand you the, the next person and uh, get to see why they are they are thinking like that. And yeah, it's definitely one of the core traits of being a good product manager, especially empathy towards users. Like uh, this is a much needed aspect. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks so much for this chat. No, 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 It's been Thank brilliant. You. It's been really good to talk through and go back to thinking about and having some empathy for those that are thinking of making a change into this. Well, I personally think anyway, is a is a pretty awesome industry. So yeah. Thank you for checking through. Thank you, Dave. Thank, thank you, James. Thank, thank you. you. If you're listening on the podcast and you've enjoyed this episode, or if you're watching on YouTube or any of the other social channels, thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to support the Product Coalition Tour, which is dedicated to raising awareness for bushfire-affected communities and wildlife in Australia. That's why I'm dedicating this time with awesome people like Ahmed around, not Australia, Europe. Please consider supporting us at bushfire.productcoalition.com. Until the next episode, thank thank you.